Greetings, saints. Many blessings to you. Thank you for joining us today for the Unleavened Bread Bible Study. Father, thank you so much, Lord, for your wisdom and your discernment. And, um, Lord, uh, give us all eyes to see and ears to hear today that we might um, avoid the uh, very obvious pitfalls that are not only in this time but also in the tribulation. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we're going to go to Affection Cannot Prevail, number two. In this first revelation, we call Birds of a Feather. Winnie Asagata, 5-12-23. I asked the Lord for a chapter and verse for me, as well as pertaining to the affection uh, enemy, and received Psalm 124, 1 through 8. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, let Israel now say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up alive when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The streams had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken, and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Yes, Lord. We abide in your name, Lord, and uh, there are those that claim your name, but they don't abide in it, and they are Antichrist. The verse here about our souls escaping like the bird reminded me of the dream I had recently that I felt represented a coming attack. I took a nap and uh, dreamt that I had two birds. One of the birds looked like a green and yellow parakeet, and the other like a very pretty blue Indian ringneck parakeet. Well, um, yellow and green represent warnings and uh, jealousy or envy, and that's, uh, that's the faction. Uh, James 3 and 14 says, But if you have bitter jealousy... And faction in your heart, glory not and lie not against the truth. God obviously knows that people who have affection will lie against the truth. And Jeremiah 3 and 16 says, For where jealousy and faction are, there is confusion and every vile deed. We are witnesses of this. And this is because they always lie against the truth and uh, the truthful and their life is corrupt and morally evil. The uh, pretty blue bird here represents those abiding in heavenly places. Uh, In other words, born from above, abiding in Christ, and so on. Both birds were out of their cage and on my table. Well, Winnie's name means friend of peace or gentle friend. 
She likely represents those who would defend the righteous from the wicked. Uh, Jesus in them is a gentle and peaceful friend who defends the righteous. Isaiah 61 and 1 says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. So the Lord did preach this in the beginning of his ministry, and I believe the man-child will too. Uh, the green and yellow bird was very aggressive, she said, and mean. And as soon as the blue bird turned its back, the green and yellow bird began to attack and peck at and pluck out the blue bird's feathers. Well, of course, blue bird needs feathers to fly or to overcome the world, right? So these people do drag you down. I mean, faction and witchcraft spirits are just like this. They have a fierce hatred for the righteous, and they will attack you from the back. Yes. I knew I immediately had to protect the bluebird in spite of knowing I would be attacked by the green and yellow bird in the process. I grabbed the green and yellow bird with my right hand, and as soon as I did, the bird bit me and clamped down hard. I opened my front door and threw it outside. It attempted to come back a couple of more times, as they do, by the way. But finally, I grabbed a hold again and threw the bird as hard as I could and shut the door. I then gently picked up the blue bird to let him know that he was safe. And then I woke up. And that was the end of her revelation. So if you're, you're not clothed in the righteousness of Christ, you will be thrown out. Uh, where there will be weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Matthew 22, 2-14 says, The kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king who made a marriage feast for his son, and set forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the marriage feast, that they would, but they would not come. Now we know what a marriage feast is in the scriptures. It's the it's a seven day, which represents the seven years of the tribulation, when the Lord Jesus uh, fed the body and blood of Christ to his disciples, meaning his nature and his life to his disciples. And uh, so, there are people who don't come to the marriage feast because they don't care for it. There are people who come to it and try to obstruct, you know. Um, so, he sent forth his servants to call them that were bidden to the marriage feast, that they, but they would not come. Again, he sent forth other servants, saying, Tell them that are bidden, that means invited or called, right? Behold, I have made ready my dinner. My oxen and my fatlings are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the marriage feast. But they made light of it, and went their ways, one to his own farm, another to his merchandise, and the rest laid hold on his servants and treated them shamefully and killed them. That's what the factious do. 
But the king was wroth, and he sent his armies and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Yes, he did. Uh, those that, uh, you know, rebelled against the words of the Lord. Um, uh, God raised up an army and uh, judged them in 70 A.D. And, of course, in these days it's going to be the same. And then saith he to his servants, The wedding is ready. But they that were bidden are called, many are called, but few are chosen, right? But they were bidden, were not worthy. And of course, this is talking about what we loosely call Christians. Go ye therefore unto the partings of the highways, and as many as you find, bid to the marriage feast. The marriage feast or the wedding feast of the seven day slash years is for the unleavened bread only, according to Exodus 12. You must, for seven days, only eat unleavened bread. And those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all, as many as they found, both bad and good. Yep, God brings in the bad and makes them good. (laughs) And the wedding was filled with guests. But when the king came in to behold the guests, he saw there a man who had not on a wedding garment. Well, we know that the wedding garment represents the righteous acts of the saints, right? Okay. Uh, People who do not have righteous acts, who rebel against the word of God and attack their brethren like the little birds, you know, they are antichrist. And he saith unto him, Friend, how comest thou in hither and not having a wedding garment? And he was speechless. Duh, I thought I was a shoe-in, right? Then the king said unto the servants, Bind him hand and foot, and cast him out into outer darkness. There shall be the weeping and the gnashing of teeth, for many are called, but few are chosen. Yes. And there's a revelation. um, Enemy within the camp. Tiana Fire, 427-23. I had a dream that there were two men pretending to follow and love Jesus. And they had many signs and wonders to show. And they, act, they acted as if they had been walking with Jesus for a long time. I kept speaking to them, wanting to only have grace and love towards them. But I felt something just wasn't right about them. And even though they spoke the word and had signs of healing and faith, uh, I was speaking with them about the Lord. And let me say, you know, uh, we know that the factious have no power, but they do have wicked power. And, of course, we can resist that. Uh, Faction and witchcraft is a wicked power. They have that. They have signs. Uh, Healing, now... They go back the same way they came with the healing. They don't trust in the Lord anymore. They don't have any faith, and they don't read the Bible. So, so I. but this covers the whole spectrum here. So, I was speaking with them about the Lord, and they were talking about sovereign God. But I didn't feel right about them, and I wanted a confirmation from God if they were not being led of the Holy Spirit. They asked me if I believed them. I replied that because I believe God is sovereign 
and uh, that I have asked God that if they are really from Him, someone will knock on the door right now as a sign to confirm their claim. Well, in the natural, I have had God answer random signs like this uh, before instantly with uh, random things, you know. They had worried and uh, doubtful looks on their faces. No one uh, knocked on the door, and they were exposed. Many times you can do that and ask for a sign. God will give it, you know. I instantly woke up, besides dreams, visions, revelations, prophecies, you know, whatever. I instantly woke up and felt that because I instantly woke up (laughs) at the point of the sign being given, uh, confirmed these men were, weren't were from God. It was a sign that they weren't from the real Jesus and God. Well, we must test and ascertain uh, the walk for Christ inwardly and uh, those around us. First uh, John 4, 1 through 3 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit. Uh, and this is talking about the spirits in men. Believe not every spirit, but prove the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets, you see, as judging people, are gone out into the world, whereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come. Make sure your Bible says that, because everything else is a lie is come in the flesh. That is the flesh of that person you're trying to discern. If Jesus is in there, you will know it. All right. So every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. The righteous can tell if Jesus is ruling in someone and speaking in someone. And every spirit that confesseth not Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. Yes, are they in the church? Well, this this parable is saying just that. They are wandering around in the church seeking whom they can make to stumble. Wherever you've heard that it cometh, and now the world is in the world already. Yes, the Antichrist has been here from the beginning. A lot of people misunderstand that. So um, this next revelation was given to Marie Kelton on 514. And we called it Black Train Hitting the Black SUV. And as I was driving on my way to work, a black SUV representing the factious leader was in front of me. Then the Lord gave me an open vision of a big black train representing the Babylonish deep state intent on depopulation. That's how they're wiping people out, and God is guiding it. He's told us us that from the beginning. He is guiding it. And, of course, the uh, factious leader is in in front because he hinders our progress. Okay. Um, So this uh, black train, big black train coming from the right really fast and hit the black SUV, knocking it to the other side of the expressway. We've had dreams just like this, different parable, but saying the same thing, 
about what's going to happen about um, the factious, and especially the factious leader. Uh, the factious leader is going to die soon. That's what the Lord has shown us very clearly. And it's because of his murderous attitude against all the people of God. So, he appeared to have a spirit of death on him. Yes, when we saw him, this is true. And uh, this would fit with all the dreams of his death. The Lord says, two warning dreams are to keep someone from the pit. That is, two witnesses. Listen, James 33 and 14. For God speaketh once, yea, twice. Though man regardeth it not, they do not pay any attention to these dreams. They don't believe in dreams. And if you get this, you may have been the best dreamer, like Eve was a very powerful dreamer. But as soon as this came over her, she didn't believe in dreams anymore. Any of them. 15. In a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth upon men, in slumberings upon the bed. So God speaks to them twice. Then he openeth the ears of men and sealeth their instruction. He speaks to people in dreams. Especially when you get two dreams that agree, right? Uh, that he may withdraw man from his purpose and hide pride from man. So these dreams that we've had about the factious leader or and the faction in general, these are to warn them about what? He keepeth back his soul from the pit and his life from perishing by the sword. That's an eternal destruction. Now, the faction says dreams can't condemn anyone, but God says they are condemned to the pit. We have many dreams warning the factious who do not forgive, so they're not forgiven according to what Jesus said. And by the way, if you're not forgiven, you're not saved. So, Herod was an Edomite uh, and the enemy of God's people because um, he also killed the contemporaries of the man-child, the brethren of the man-child Jesus, as a sign of those who do the same thing today. We have a Herod. He's the factious leader. And um, Herod died for this sin so that the man-child Jesus could return to his people. You remember when Herod died? Uh, Jesus came back out of Egypt and into the promised land. Ooh, praise the Lord. So, uh, this next one we called Avoiding the Factious Leader, and it's anonymous, 5.13.23. I dreamt that I was at my old elementary school, and I was a young child again. It was recess. And children were everywhere throughout the whole school. I was sitting near the front of the school with another girl. And we were on the laptop on Zoom with other UBM brethren. Well, uh, I believe this represents children in the Lord, fellowshipping as the body of Christ with the 
unleavened bread of the word, because it was uh, with other UBM people, and uh, putting the Lord's word and truth first, despite the world's teachings, no matter where you are, and we are connected in Christ. Ephesians 4 and 4 says, There is one body and one spirit, even as also there were called in one hope. Ye were called in one hope of your calling. And this also represents the immature or the new in Christ, the little children uh, that are still in the apostate churches but are learning to come out of the of it by studying the unleavened bread of the word, right? I then looked behind me and I saw the male school principal uh, representing the factious leader. He started walking down from his office. Well, his office represents the ruling principality in him. That gives him his office. It's a It's an evil office to where all the children were. Of course, that's what they want. We had uh, revelations of this in part one about them wanting the children. Well, you know that that's perversion in the world, of course, but um, it's perversion for one of God's people to want to take out the children too and to pervert them. So I saw in his eyes pure evil, and I instantly knew that he was a pedophile and involved in heinous, perverted acts against the children of God. He saw us and started walking over to us to tell us off for being on Zoom with the brethren. Well, the factious tried to accuse and separate the children from the body. And um, and the brethren, so that they can take advantage of them. A pedophile is one who wants to uh, pervert a child, sow their seed in the child. That's what these people are. They're spiritual pedophiles, and some of them are literal pedophiles. Romans sixteen seventeen and 18. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them that are causing the divisions and occasions of stumbling contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and turn away from them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Christ, but their own belly. And by their smooth and fair speech they beguile the hearts of the innocent. You know, like the children. He then told us that we had to go to his office, but I did not want to be anywhere near him or alone with him, for I could see his sin. So I ran off in the other direction, and I tried to hide in a spot where he couldn't see me, but he came after me, and I saw that he was getting close, so I ran to a different spot in a crowd of people. Well, let me say, you have to flee from these demon-possessed people, especially this guy. Uh, their demons lust to attack the righteous children of God with faction and witchcraft. They lust to do that. Genesis 39, 7-10 says, And it came to pass after these things 
that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph. And she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master knoweth not what is with me in the house, and he hath put all that he hath into my hand. He is not greater in this house than I. Neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Here's a child that they couldn't pervert, right? And it came to pass, as she spake to Joseph day by day, that he hearkened not unto her to lie by her or to be with her. So she slandered him (laughs) and lied about him and had him thrown into prison, right? Well, he somehow found me again, but he couldn't get close to me because every time I saw him, God made it known to me that he was headed my way, and I changed direction and plans of where to hide and to go. Well, Psalm 91, 1 through 3 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge. Don't forget this. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. There it is again. So that's talking about the factious too. 8 through 10. Only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. For thou, O Lord, art my refuge, and thou hast made the Most High thy habitation. So look, confessing the Lord as our refuge makes him our habitation. There shall no evil befall thee. So seeing the reward of the wicked, we've seen this many times. We've seen them fall into desperate corruption and nastiness and their children too we have seen the reward of the wicked you can tell who they are hang around a while don't do that but if you just watch them for a while you will see uh, that they were infected with antichrist i don't know why he was coming after me so much and not giving up but I, there they don't give up. They're stubborn because the demons want to take down the righteous, and especially the righteous leaders. But I ran around the whole school to get away and hide. Well, our hiding place from these spirits is in Christ and His Word. At one point, I ran into an empty classroom to hide But then I saw through the walls that he was walking down the corridor near the classroom. Well, how can you do that? Well, this is a dream. (laughs) And you can see things. God shows you visions of things. And uh, he, he gives dreams and visions and so on and so forth to avoid these evil people. So I called out to God to please send Holy angels to help me. Another very good thing to do. We've been told this. I was told this many times. And I jumped through the roof into the second story above this classroom. Well, 
I believe this represents ceasing to fight in the flesh or being fearful or anxious on the, the first story, which is the flesh, but to fight in the spirit, which is the second story, right? I was there uh, for a while, but then it was supernaturally made known unto me that he was close again. So I called on God for help, and I was able to fly out of the building by going through walls and then fly out far away from the school, and I knew that he couldn't find me after that. Because what? Coming out of that school, that immature school, right? God will hide and he will protect his children. Our fight is in the spirit, not in the flesh. When we submit to God and call out to him, we are in the secret place again. Again, listen to this. Psalm 91, 1 through 3. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. Confess Him, right, before men. He will confess you before the Father. My God, in whom I trust, for He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler. And I'll mention Ephesians 6 and 12. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and against the powers and against the world rulers of this darkness and against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So Jesus gave us authority over all the power of the enemy, speaking about this, and our power is um, over the spirits that are in uh, wicked people. Okay, that's where we need to do the warfare, right? And this one we call factious leader trying to kill souls. And again, this is anonymous, 517.23. In my dream, all of the UBM brethren were living in the same country. It was a giant country and wasn't physically connected to any other worldly countries. This is true. The Apostle Peter said, We are one holy nation. And he mentioned it was worldwide. 1 Peter 2 and 9. But you are an elect race, a royal priesthood, a, a holy nation. There's just one holy nation. And it covers the earth. A people for God's possession, so that you may show forth the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So if you're abiding in this city, this holy nation, excuse me, uh, You are in the marvelous light. There was a specific building where David, Michael, and Brandy did all the internal ministry work, and uh, next to that building was where everyone would gather for fellowship. All of the other brethren were all spread out around this country, and some were further away from the UBM building. I lived a few streets away from the UBM building. Well, in the natural, uh, they live on the other side of the world. So you can see that God has compacted this parable together. 
so that we can see the whole world and God's people. And I would either walk or catch a bus to get there. And there was one road that would go throughout the country. I believe that's probably the highway of holiness. Okay. And it was all connected. So the holy people are all connected. And the only uh, transport was a bus. We have a UBM bus, uh, spiritually speaking. Uh, By the way, the UBM bus ran over the apostate leader, and he died. That was a dream we had recently. The bus represents being carried by the Holy Spirit. It also represents unity because everybody is compacted together there, you know, like a fellowship, right? Second Peter one twenty one, and this is from the NENT. For no prophecy was ever born by man's will, but men spake from God being born uh, by the Holy Spirit. Yes. I went down to the bus stop because I was going to go see David and Brandy. And the factious leader was at the bus stop talking to random people that I didn't know. You didn't even need spiritual discernment to see that the factious leader had an extreme amount of pride and was very creepy and totally demon-possessed. Well, like the serpent in the garden who was very subtle, right? That's what they are, subtle. And they have a serpent spirit, which is a deceiving spirit because the poison is in the head, right? Deceiving spirit. You could easily see through him and his deception. However, I was listening to him as he was speaking with these two young girls that were waiting for the bus to go to UBM. The factious leader was pretending to be very kind and caring so he could trick them to follow him and not the real Jesus. And again, Matthew 24 and 24 from the NENT. For false Christ shall arise and false prophets and shall show great signs and wonders so as to lead astray, if possible, even the elect. So this covers a lot of different kinds of falseness um, because they don't have great signs and wonders. They don't do miracles. Um, you know, they send witchcraft to destroy people, if you want to call that a sign or a wonder. But they don't have any faith in God. I felt that I should not even speak with any of them, but to ignore them and to not catch the bus, but to just walk to the UBM building. Well, we know that our walk with Christ is our own, right? And Ephesians 5 and 11 says, And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather even reprove them. And Revelation 18 and 4, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come forth, my people, out of her, that you have no fellowship with her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. The plagues are coming upon these people. We've seen many of them die in our dreams, uh, sprayed from the sky, you know, inoculated, uh, so on and so forth. Also, the highway of holiness representing uh, separation. Holiness is separation from the world, right? 
is uh, not traveled by the beasts. It leads to Zion, the bride. A person who stays on the highway of holiness will end up in the bride. And who is, of course, protected uh, from the wicked. Isaiah 35 and 8 on down, I guess, to 10. And a highway shall be there. And a way. There's just one road, see? (laughs) And it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. They don't like holiness. Holiness is separated unto God. And they are Antichrist. So it's very impossible for them to walk on this road. Or to be in the bride, right? But it shall be for the redeemed. The wayfaring man, that's a a traveler on a wide road, the wayfaring men, yea, fools, shall not err therein. It's a narrow road. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast. So the predators are not going to be on the highway of holiness. Get on the highway of holiness. And you will have authority and power over these demon-possessed people. Neither shall any ravenous beast go up thereon. They shall not be found there. But the the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come with singing unto Zion. And everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. And they shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. That's the road you got to be on. It ends in a good place. It didn't take me long to walk there. And only David and Brandy were there at that time uh, when I arrived. And they were working on something really important. I don't remember what it was. But it was something to do with a very vital and internal part of the ministry. Mm -hmm. I then had a vision of the factious leader, and he looked completely taken over by demons. And it reminded me of someone in a mental asylum. Well, they, they that are possessed are not sound of mind, just as the legion, the demoniac, in Mark 5, 1 through 20. The factious leader looked extremely scrawny, and you could see all of his bones in his face and body, and it kind of reminded me of the Jews that were in the concentration camps in World War II, or someone that hasn't eaten for a long time and became greatly malnourished. Well, he has a hatred for the spiritual food of Christ which is the Word of God, Uh, their spiritual man is malnourished unto death. Twice dead, plucked up by the roots, is what they are. So, um, the demons in him were so strong, and they were manifesting intensely, both physically and outwardly. I then saw the factious leader planning and scheming all these different ways to take down UBM. And to stop, this is their whole ministry, is to take down UBM and myself. That's their whole ministry. Yeah. 
and to stop people from visiting the ministry, of course, and to take down the website like the Vectus leader did, and we have proof of that. And this will catch up to him shortly. Uh, he was acting as if he hadn't slept for a long time and reminded me of someone that did a lot of uh, methamphetamines. Well, although he is uh, very overweight with flesh, he is lean and scrawny in the spirit. He has not fed his spirit man, and the Lord has told us that he is about to physically die. He is already spiritually dead. The, uh, the lusts of the flesh are addictions, and uh, they will destroy when one is given over to them. Uh, if you walk after the flesh, you must die. That's what Paul said. He, no word of God can be broken. Right? Psalm 106, 14 and 15 says, But lusted exceedingly in the wilderness and tempted God in the desert, and he gave them their request, but he sent leanness unto their soul. Mm. I saw him pacing back and forth on the road and pathway, and anyone that passed him uh, in their travels, he would flag them down and pretend to be nice and caring uh, in an attempt to stop them from continuing the path of righteousness to the UBM ministry. But no one even needed spiritual discernment to see how prideful and heartless he is. I told David everything I saw, and he confirmed it to be so, but said that he and Brandy had many important things to get done, so they were staying there all day, and that the fellowship will be on tomorrow instead. So I walked back home, praising God and thanking Him that I did not see the factious leader on the way back. Ah, that's very could be very well important. He he will be gone because of Herod's murders. That's right. So this is a dream. Uh, we called it Exposes the Evil and Sin. And this is Rinaldo Portella. In this dream, an angel put me in a room where a group of men were practicing homosexuality. And the angel told me, the man that has sex with another man is going to regret it. Uh-huh. Well, bisexuality, you know, of course, and homosexuality. Actually, that's the same spirit, but um, it's homosexual. Well, God hates the practice of that sin, he was told. So, in the spiritual, we are reborn with Christ's spirit, and therefore we should only sow Christ's spirit in our soul, which is our mind, will, and emotions. And if we receive the spiritual seed of men, we often lose our first love and become reprobate. The seed of men. Romans 1, 26 through 32. For this Cause God gave them up unto vile passions. There's that word vile that's connected with faction. Vile passions. For their women changed their natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, 
leaving their natural use of the women, and burned in their lusts one towards another, men with men working unseemliness. Now I want to tell you that if a person doesn't forgive and becomes critical and factious, they get turned over to this by God Almighty. Jesus said the Father would turn them over to the tormentors. Okay? That's why so many of them are like this, and maybe all of them are like this, or it don't take long before they are like this. And receiving in themselves the recompense of their error which was due. There is a judgment upon what they do, and that judgment is perversion. And even as they refuse to have God in their knowledge, that's exactly what they do, God gave them up unto a reprobate mind to do those things which are not fitting. Yes, and they want to sow that seed in you so bad to make you a pervert. Being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malignity, whisperers, this is them, backbiters, yes, hateful to God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, unmerciful, who knowing the ordinance of God that they that practice such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but also consent with them that practice them. Uh, what a terrible reprobation. In an open vision, uh, I personally saw the factious group, and one of them that I knew uh, left them and went behind a wall. The Lord said, follow him. So I did. And what I saw behind the wall was that this man was committing sodomy on three of his friends. The next day or two, the Lord said to me to go and tell him. So I went to this man and I told him uh, my vision. And Michael was standing beside me, looking him right in the face. And his eyes widened. And uh, Michael and I both saw that he was guilty. And he didn't deny it. But he threatened me labor, later with a lie that the factious leader had given him to lie against me. So the factious leader told me about three times that he spoke with this group of people, the same one, uh, over a period of time where he was supposed to be with us. And, of course, we're, we're told clearly to avoid them and to not go around them and to not listen to them and all this. And yet he kept disobeying and he kept falling away. He fell away three times uh, and repented and came back or some form of repentance and came back. And then he fell away a fourth time and he's never come back and he never will. I told him that he could not associate with them according to the word. And Eve had a dream where that they had captured her and they were bisexual uh, by her own interpretation. 
And uh, the factious leader was one of them. And, uh, and, of course, this came to pass. So she says she don't believe in dreams, but this came to pass. So Satan demands perversion from his servants. The deep state are Satanists and also are bisexual, homosexual, different perversions. And they sacrifice children, too, just like these do. Well, they have the same spirits. God always uh, is willing to deliver any from this uh, if they will repent. And, of course, Revelation 2, 1 through 7, To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, he that walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, representing the church, right? I know thy works and thy toil and patience, and that thou canst not bear evil men, and didst try them that call themselves apostles, and they are not, and didst find them false, and thou hast patience, and didst bear for my name's sake, and hast not grown weary. But I have this against thee, that thou didst leave thy first love. Remember, therefore, whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I come to thee, and will move thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Now let me say, this seven candlesticks represents the church in the book of Revelation. If he removes your candlestick, that means you're not in the church. People who fall into this are not in the church. They are not the called out ones because they refuse to come out of their sins. And they're willfully disobedient. And there's no sacrifice for those who are willfully disobedient. Hebrews 10.26 says, no sacrifice. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Of course, that's what most churches are, Nicolaitan churches. They got a priestly order over the people instead of the fivefold ministry, right? The pastor is the head of the church, and so on and so forth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, to him will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. Then he put me in a room where somebody had a tattoo. And the angel told me, God doesn't like tattoos. Well, some have asked God to remove their tattoos after coming to the Lord. And uh, he has removed them because they got a conviction against them. And Leviticus 19 and 28 says, You shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead nor print any marks upon you. I am the Lord. Well, aside from the natural aspect, spiritually tattoos can represent uh, taking the mark of the beast or doing the works of the flesh. Yeah. And there are many people who come to the Lord with tattoos and he washes them clean from uh, their old life uh, when they walk with him. Revelation 13 and 16 says, And he causes all, the small and the great, the rich and the poor, the free and the bond, that there be given unto them a mark on their right hand or upon their forehead, 
There you have. Don't take the mark, right? Don't get that tattoo. And uh, that no man should be able to buy or to sell, save he that hath the mark, even the name of the beast or the number of his name. Here is wisdom. He that hath understanding, let him count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred and sixty and six. Amen. And the identification of the beast is on that man. He's a corporate man in the world. Then the angel put me in uh, my wife's mother's house in Florida. And a nuclear bomb exploded. And I went to hide inside the house. Oop, that's not a good place. The mother-in-law represents the harlot that you know that we've come out of, right? Um, and the Lord is going to destroy the harlot. We cannot hide in her house. There's no protection there. Only the house of God protects from nukes, right? I'm talking about the spiritual, omnipresent house of God. Revelation 18, 2-8 says, And he cried with a mighty voice, saying, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. I believe Babylon the Great is world Babylon, not just local Babylon, right? And is become a habitation of demons and a hold of every unclean spirit and a hold of every unclean and hateful bird. For by the wine of the wrath of her fornication, all the nations are fallen. And the kings of the earth committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth waxed rich by the power of her wantonness. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come forth, my people, out of her, that you have no fellowship with her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. And I speak this to you who are in the faction. Should God grant you grace to uh, rethink this place where you are, which is so perverted in these demons controlling your mind, uh, repent and come out from among them. Quickly, the judgment is upon the whole faction. Jesus comes back and stains his garments with the factious sheepfold. For her sins have reached even unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Render unto her even as she rendered, and double unto her double according to her works. You see, what they sow, they reap. If they throw a curse at you, it's going back at them. And you can look at them and see that that's true. They're corrupted. Their families are corrupted. They poison everybody they get in contact with. And um, they're under the massive judgment of God. So, according to her works, in the cup which she mingled, mingle unto her double. Uh-oh double, how much soever she glorified herself and waxed wanton, so much give her of torment and mourning. For she saith in her heart, I sit as a queen, and am no widow, and shall in no wise see mourning. Therefore in one day shall her plagues come, death, mourning, and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. For strong is the Lord who judged her. So the angel put me somewhere, and he said to me, 
God is mad. I looked up and the sky got full of dark rain clouds and started thundering. Well, and then he says, The tribulation and then the great and terrible day of the Lord is ready to receive them. Okay. Well, that's um, a terrible thing. Revelation 16 and 6, And they poured out their blood of the saints and the prophets, and blood hast thou given them to drink. They are worthy. And I heard the altar saying, Yea, O Lord God, the Almighty, true and righteous are thy judgments. Then the angel told me to open my mouth and gave me a rock. Well, Jesus is the rock that the builders rejected, right? And he sent, he said uh, to eat it. So I did. The stone was so delicious that I couldn't stop eating. I, that happened to me. <laughs> Well, a little over 50 years ago, I couldn't stop eating. And uh, my teeth were falling off while I was eating. What's that a sign of? Well, we just saw earlier that teeth uh, were to bite and devour one another. And that gives way to love when one eats the body and the blood of Jesus. You can tell when Jesus is in someone, right? In Revelation 2 and 17, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith to the churches. To him that overcometh, to him will I give of the hidden manna. And I, you know what? Let me tell you, the hidden manna disappears when these people fall into faction. It literally disappears. They lose it. They don't know it, don't remember it, don't believe in the man-child and many other things. They don't believe in any of it. And they don't want to hear it. And I will give him a white stone, and upon the stone a new name written, which no one knows, but he that receiveth it. Oh, Lord, we love you. We praise you. We know you're a righteous judge. And you've told us in many dreams and visions what is the end of faction and witchcraft, and what is the end of the leader who is a principality, and he rules over the rest of the people. And I believe that when he dies, other people are going to be set free because that rulership is not there. Okay, we will see, but that's what I believe. Rachel's children coming back out of a foreign country which represented death because Herod had killed them. All right, praise God. All right, saints. The Lord bless you and keep you. Uh, Lord bless you. See you later.